Welcome to the Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast, where together we tackle the topics and discuss the strategies of getting the church out of the box. We're glad you've joined us. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mobilized Church Podcast. This is Christian Lamb alongside my big brother, Ken Dillingham Jr., the third on this beautiful Tuesday morning. It is a gorgeous day out, Ken. This is going to be an awesome day. We have a third man in the booth today. Third man. He's he, We're triadding today. The devil doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. We are honored to have with us very special guest, Pastor Michael Enzi, who is already exerting his influence by getting us on time. We were, bro, we were on time and ready to go. We were ready to go live at 9.58, bro. What in the world? Literally, we could have done three, two, one. Honest. Jay Jones, look here. Here it is. Here it comes. Out of the the gate. Out of the gate. From the peanut gallery. Michael Enzi, (laughs) thanks for keeping these guys on track. There you go. Listen, that's my job today. We're one minute into the show. It's way premature to say that he's kept us on track. <laughs> There's plenty of opportunity for us to take this thing to the, yes. I feel a little bit of a challenge that now we have to try to derail a little bit, right? So we don't challenge, wanna... challenge accepted. <laughs> well, it is an awesome day and uh, it's, it's beautiful outside. As you just mentioned on the pre-show, it is Christmas for Christ deadline day. And we've got we've got uh, NAM Secretary Tony Richard watching and a part of this conversation. So it's a good day today. We are honored to have Pastor Michael Enzi. Ken, I'm going to let you go ahead and sure. kind of uh, introduce a little bit more about him and also kind of the topic and uh, looking forward to a great conversation, kind of building off our discussion last week. So why don't you just get us set up today? Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, Pastor Michael Lindsay is a good friend of mine. He's been um, a good friend for many, many years. Um, their family has been uh, very influential in my life and ministry. And so um, I'm excited to have uh, Pastor Lindsay with us today. He currently leads a thriving church in Heath, Ohio. He and his wife, along with their church, are influencers in their community, which is uh, something that the Mobilized Church podcast takes very seriously. Uh, the Enzies have served as the national youth president uh, of the United Pentecostal Church before uh, assuming the pastorate in Heath, Ohio. They've also been youth pastors, lead pastors, district officials, uh, national officials, and, and, and God's really used him and them to be a strong voice for both young people and the future of our movement. So, uh, Michael, thank you for being with us today. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and the things that you're currently working on. Thank you. It is such a privilege to be on with you guys today. I think my camera may be freezing a little bit, so I apologize if that's happening on your end. Hopefully you can hear me on the audio. We got you I loud love, and clear. I love your your podcast. I love what you guys are doing with the Dillingham Group, Mobilized Church. Uh, just so incredible. When it comes to discipleship, what it means to be a disciple, to make disciples, that that should be something that is a focus in every area of our lives. And so thank you for inspiring and challenging me. Uh, I do consider both of you guys great friends. I have known 
Pastor Ken Dillingham uh, for a, a long time, from his days at Texas Bible College when I was just True. a young running you. the <laughs> campus. You were just, man, you were just a babe. You were just a babe <laughs> in the manger, bro. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, we don't have to we don't have boring. to highlight the age spread here. <laughs> I thought it might get derailed there just a little bit. <laughs> uh, been, been great friends a long time. And to Pastor Chris Dillingham, I, I feel like I've just kind of always known you through uh Pastor Ken, but we've yeah. certainly been able to spend a little more time around each other uh, here in Ohio since we've been here six and a half years. But uh it's a privilege to be on today. And as far as what's going on in our world right now, first of all, this summer will be 25 years of marriage for me and Rebecca. So, what? Whoa, congrats, man. Big time. We were so young when we got married. I know it's hard for to real. believe. For <laughs> real. You had to have your parents sign off. Must have been so young. <laughs> yes. And I am the father of three teenagers right now. So 13, wow. 16, 19. And that feels like a, a full-time job. Ooh. Just trying to keep the three teenagers corralled and heading in the right direction. So uh, that, that's an exciting part of life right now. And then on top of all of that, when it comes to personal ministry, our local church here, we are in the, the middle uh, point here of a nine-week launch of the Envision campaign that will initiate a 36-month uh, capital campaign. We're, we're working toward raising the finances to expand our local campus here. But ultimately, the vision is about increasing our organizational capacity here, the foundation of ministry from which we can expand our reach regionally, globally. We're working on starting a daycare and a K-12 through school. That's all part of the mix. We seek to increase our effectiveness in our local community here. So a very exciting time. I'll be honest, a very scary time as a pastor just to take that leap of faith to yeah. increase our organizational capacity. So uh, that's taking a lot of our energy and focus right now uh, as, as a church family. But it's exciting to see everybody rallying together, common vision, common goal, yeah. to, to see momentum uh, just building and excitement building. We're starting to get some some traction. And, and so exciting times for our church right now. On, on a personal ministry side, I'm, I'm working on creating some resources for those that want to live and lead well. And so michaelenzi.com is a website, very, very beginning stages, uh, helped write a book this last year, Coffee with Anthony, that's tremendous for personal growth and just encouragement when it comes to those that want their life to count, focusing on so life good. Such and, a good book, by the way. Uh, just need to be part of that project. So that's, that's where I am right now and excited to be part of this podcast today. That's so cool. You know, it's interesting uh, as you were talking about just that, just one element of talking about increasing capacity um, for effectiveness and how much, sometimes how much capacity it takes <laughs> to increase the capacity. Mm. And, and we are, you know, uh, as you know, I spoke at, at the uh, at a committee meeting at the state legis 
state house uh, before a legislative committee yep. last week, and uh, about that very topic <clears throat> about uh, uh, Christian schools funding Christian schools, and one of the statements that I made, and it just it, I thought about you because one of the guys that was leading in that group was actually from Heath, and I want to connect you wow. with him. But 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 here's what's crazy: one of the things that I mentioned was the fact that. You know, our, our, our school isn't just a church school. We have 17 congregations represented at our school. Five of them are other apostolic churches in our area. So we have five other apostolic churches that send their kids to, to lead academy, but there are 12 non-apostolic congregations that are represented. So that just shows that you know, that, that sometimes it takes a sort of an expanding of your vision to expand your capacity a little bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's so powerful. And I, I think that is something that's been a little bit of a journey for me. I've really had the vision. I wanted our kids in public schools to be a light and influence our community that way. Sure. But there's no doubt some things have shifted in the last few years when it comes to education, when it comes to our culture, yeah. when it comes to the agenda that we're seeing. And at some point, you have to draw that line of influence and impact in your young people. And there are other ways that we have to make sure we're impacting the community. And we'll, have, we'll just have to be more intentional when it comes to those things. But we've got to guard our own youth and we got to make sure we're discipling them first. Absolutely. Yeah, they're being discipled by by the uh, message of, of the world and and uh, like you said, kind of the extreme places that that's gone. It's definitely it's definitely an influence. And you know, we've had we've had a Christian school here for man, I don't know, I don't know the exact time, maybe close to forty years. And uh, the great vision that Brother Jordan had to get that started many years ago. It's been a great influence, but there's challenges with that as well. And finding, I think, I think this conversation goes right along with how do you do it in, you know, facing the challenges that we face, whether it's financial challenges or just resources, human resources, finding all that I think is so critical. I think it's so important. So, man, appreciate that. Um, excited to see having, having gone through capital stewardship campaigns, our prayers and thoughts are with Both you. Of us. Both of <laughs> us. Bless Thank him, you. Lord. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll take you to, we'll, we'll, we'll periodically take you to dinner just to main, make sure that your the sanity piece is maintaining your capacity. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to need it. I can tell already. In last week's podcast, we talked about creating margin in our lives. And that was our, that was our topic uh, for last week. And one of the things that we discussed was life bandwidth. And we loosely you know, kind of loosely defined what is life bandwidth? Like, what do you mean by life bandwidth? And we kind of loosely defined it um, by a, like a mathematical equation, which is personal capacity plus time equals life bandwidth. And of course, uh, that was, you know, there's nothing novel about, <clears throat> about that. There's probably better ways for people to create algorithms to communicate this idea. But the importance is of this is to be able to really recognize and create better margin for us. Um, and, and so, so the idea of having margin, uh, this idea that we were talking about last week, bandwidth, more margin, all of those kinds of things is really so that we can have the margin to hear from the Lord, the margin to be healthy, the margin to be used by God, the, the margin to, uh, to, to, to be in an environment where, uh, where we're, 
we're, we're having those critical areas of our life um, saturated with uh, 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 the, the nourishment that grows us in all of those places and, and then be available to, to be spirit, spirit led. And, and, and we know that you've spent a lot of time talking about capacity. This is one of your, uh, you know, wheelhouses. This is something the Lord has given you special insight about, and that's why we wanted to have you on today. So with the, the definition of life bandwidth that we used last week, you could say that really, this is really a discussion about capacity in a, in a, in the broadest sense, isn't it? Like, like you, you could say life bandwidth, capacity, those are really just sort of interchangeable terms, margin, you know, those kinds of things. So let me ask you first, when we're going to dig into that, but, but how did this passion for helping people create greater capacity develop in you? Well, I think it's something that I have always sensed and, and felt this drive for capacity, but it wasn't until about five years ago that it really crystallized for me that I think I was able to define it for myself uh, and maybe hopefully channel it a little bit better as far as when it comes to that energy and drive for increased capacity. It's something that I, I think I've experienced from, from just a young man, a desire to succeed, a desire to be better, do better, to live well, to lead well. Uh, I'm a little bit competitive, I've been told. And yeah, uh, you, so, you don't, you don't fit in on this podcast then at all. Right. <laughs> I know you guys are strangers to competition. And so, uh, there, there's a little bit of that in me. And, and I think, you know, everybody has that. I believe it gets channeled in different ways. Some of us demonstrated a little more intensely on the ball field or court at times, uh, in, in every arena of life. And so this drive to be better, do better has been something that was part of me. But about five years ago, having a conversation with Brother Stan Gleason, one of our organizational leaders and a great pastor and a minister and a mentor in my life, he made this statement that really brought it home for me, essentially this, that the, the sum life, the sum output of our lives when it comes to our leadership, when it comes to who we are as a person, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, that ultimately our individual leadership capacity is going to determine that influence, that impact as a father, as a husband, as a, a leader in our church, when we've been uh, you know, given the opportunity to lead teams and whatever our role and responsibility may be in a local church or even a secular organization. It's that individual leadership capacity that will determine the output. And we'll get to the end of our life and we'll look back and realize that the sum total of our life influence and impact was a direct result of our leadership capacity. And so that single statement just struck a nerve with me and, and really challenged me and started me on a journey of really personal discovery to define capacity and to figure out how do I increase it? And, and I believe there's some scriptural context. We won't get into all of that, but I will say for the purpose of our conversation today, I, I think just breaking down the equation that you guys launched into this last week, which I love because obviously time is such an important element. We all have the same amount of time. Nobody has any extra right. time. We've all got the same amount. And so what do we do with it? How do we narrow the focus of our lives so that we're 
able to make the greatest impact. And so that relationship between time and capacity is, is very critical. And for me, capacity equals six elements of personal growth potential. And that is the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, and financial. That those six areas of personal growth potential equal our capacity. And so I think you guys have added a critical element there with time that is, we, we understand that is a restricting factor. I can only do so much in a certain day. I have to sleep. I have to eat. Those, those are part really of the physical component of that capacity. But there's only so much of me that I can mm -hmm. give. And, and so, by the way, by the way, if you try to rob time, like if you try to, if you say, well, okay, well then what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to maximize time. So I'm going to only sleep six hours or five hours a night, and then I'm going to maximize time. The problem is then that ends up affecting the first part of the equation, which is your personal capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think a revelation that came to me is there has to be balance in these six areas. I think it probably goes without saying the spiritual absolutely is priority and has to be there. But we know if you're not sleeping enough and you're exhausted and sick, it doesn't matter if, if, how much you're praying if you can't function because you're just not physically wow. well. And so whichever, if any one of those six areas is suffering, then it becomes the lowest common denominator that really impacts every other area of capacity when we get out of balance. And so we have to stay in balance with those six areas. I can't be super spiritual and, mm. and yet not take care of myself physically mm. because if those things are way out of balance, ultimately the physical needs that I have will bring the spiritual down. Yeah. Golly, it's going to, that's be so, so good. So Can, do you mind repeating those six things Bro, one more time? I literally was yes. just going to ask him that dude. <laughs> so the six elements of personal growth okay. potential. And, and I think it's important that we can talk about potential and capacity and then what, what the margin means okay. in those areas. And so, by the way, are, the, is the six, this, are these six things going to be in your upcoming book? This will be the major sections of the book. Nice. So Very cool. uh, th this is where uh, we'll, we'll break these down in these six areas. And uh, so let's talk about these six. So it is spiritual and I, I, they're in a very particular order okay. for me because it starts with the spiritual okay. and then the mental because our thought life ultimately flows into the emotional. It affects the, the output really our emotions are very much of, of an expression of our thought life. Mm -hmm. So spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and then relational, and then financial. Wow. Those are the six elements of personal growth potential that I believe equal our capacity. Now, the, the relational tension that we have between capacity and potential is that to me, capacity is a current limiting factor. It's where I am right now. It's where I'm living. It is, it is my current reality. That's my capacity. The potential is that area that is beyond me that I'm trying to grow into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the important focus in each of these six areas yeah. ultimately is health. I need spiritual health, mental health, Emotional health, physical health, relational health, financial health. So anything that is healthy is going to grow. 
I don't know what my potential is. I hope that at the end of my life, my capacity will have matched my potential. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. I'm trying to grow toward that. Yeah. How did yeah. you how did you settle on on those six? It it, it sounds a lot like, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor yeah. as yourself, which in, encompasses, you know, heart, emotion, soul, spiritual, uh, mind, intellectual or mental, you know, strength, um, uh, uh, physical, love your neighbors yourself, which is ministerial relational, which, you know, I, I I did a series years ago about about Christian wellness, and God kind of dealt with me about these areas, like like you're talking about. Like if you're if you're overemphasized on the spiritual, but you're not handling emotional things, you're going to be so out of balance. So how did you kind of settle on these six, um, and and why do you feel like these are the primary areas that determine capacity? And and before you answer that, is physical for or is relational? Is it spiritual, mental, emotional? Physical. Okay. Physical is four, and then relational is five, and financial, financial is six. six. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would just say, to me, it, it's it's like from your innermost being, the spiritual, to the mental, to the emotional, to the physical. Those are all very personal. And then relational is, I mean, it's a huge category, obviously, because it affects our, our marriage, parenting, leadership, discipleship, all those different areas. But it's it's starting from your innermost being and then flowing out relationship and then ultimately financial. And and I added financial. Financial almost seems maybe a little bit uh, different than the other five. It's it's very practical, obviously. Uh, and yet we, we know that money answereth all things. And so it ties into our career and our ministry both. Are, are affected by the financial and then all of the financial principles that are important, how much scripture focuses on the financial. We recognize it's a major element of life that if, if it's not in order, if, if you got to work three jobs to pay off $50,000 in credit card, right. debt, you're not going to be very effective in ministry. Your mental and emotional health are going to be affected, your relationships. And so the financial ties in so strongly to all the other areas that uh, I, I felt like that was an absolutely important element to add in. And so perhaps some might break it down a little further in different ways yeah. when it comes to ministry and when it comes to a career. But I felt like ministry and career are tied into the relational and the financial both. And so I think our personal ministry flows out of health in all of those areas. And ministry is not a separate category. It should be the output yeah. of all of these areas being healthy. Mm -hmm. Ministry should happen in our relationships. It should happen whatever our career is, whether it's uh, we're, we're vocational ministry or some other secular career. Ministry should flow out of that. Discipleship should flow out of these things. These are, to me, uh, maybe the most broad six elements that I could define for myself and it started many years ago that I would pray through these areas. Mm, that's so it good. wasn't until, like I said, about five years ago that the revelation came to me. I needed to stop praying about those six areas and I needed to work them. Mm, hmm. I need 
to discipline myself in those areas. And they shouldn't just be a matter of prayer. They should be a matter of intentional focus every day. What am I doing? How am I disciplining myself to be healthy in each of these areas? Wow. And, and you know, what's interesting. I like, I, I, I like that philosophically, like I'm thinking through it as we go and just kind of processing it. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you completely because, because career and, and job, vocation, profession, uh, ministry, whatever, all, all, any of those kinds of things, those are all, all of those things are various specific places that we need capacity, but capacity yeah. comes from spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, and financial. Like I, that affects our capacity. And so it's, our, and so what is that? It's our capacity to do right. Yeah. So, yeah. so those, so the things that you, you mentioned, like, so like you said, the product of our life is dependent on our capacity. And, and so, and the thing, and another thing that, man, you, you just slid right past it. Like, like you just rounded the bases like a home run and just went into the dugout, bro. When, <laughs> when you said, when you said, when you mentioned that your, your, your desire to increase your capacity is a pursuit of living into your full potential, bro. You yep. hit a home run and then just you just high fived the guy on deck and just ran into the dugout. Well, when you hit that's home right. runs all the time, you just act like you've been there before, right? <laughs> he's like he's like, that's all I do. All I do is win, win, win. So, so, so that I mean, but like, can you just flesh that out just a smidge? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I this was part of my personal journey of capacity and the desire to increase it, the, the, the tension that I started to feel in trying to increase it in a way that was healthy led me to this place of, I think, self-discovery and wanting to chart out that course. Where do I want to be at the end of my life? What I, do I want the epitaph to be? on my tombstone? What do I want people to say about me? And, and I really came down to this that, okay, I want others to be able to see in my life that I increased my capacity and I fulfilled my potential. That, that if that could be the, the words spoken over my life, that I don't want to leave any potential on the table. Yeah. And that if I could increase my capacity in a way that's healthy yeah. and sustainable, a, a growth mindset that flows out of healthy lifestyle in these six areas, then if I could hit that point where capacity and potential meet at that intersection on the last day of my life, that's going to be the greatest success that I could have. And I believe that that equals Jesus saying, well done. There it is. Thou good and faithful. There it is. Chris, I, I, as he was talking about that, I just couldn't help but to think that as we, as we think through this, that the kingdom values for disciples and disciple makers really affect 
what that what and define what that means like what sure. does it mean that i have a certain amount of potential that i have a certain amount of effect that my life that my capacity causes me to be able to finish my life well okay well jesus defines for us what does that mean to finish your life well right like <clears throat> like it's 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 the it's the promotion of his glory it's the advancement of his kingdom and so so it's interesting because it's almost as though we don't really know at a particular stage of our life what our potential is. Yeah. All we can do is be led by his spirit and let God help us to, to, for us to, to focus on these principles and let God help us to, uh, to, to enliven those things, uh, to, to send his spirit, give his grace that, 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 that he gives us uh, an added element of capacity. I, I, did that, did that jump out at you as he was talking through that? Yeah, I, I think, I think the, the main thing that jumped out to me was like, these are, these six areas ought to be areas of focus for every disciple of Jesus. Right. And I love, I love the conversation about health and about wholeness because that's really what it's all about. But as a disciple of Jesus, letting him determine, you know, like you said, we, we capacity is, is kind of where we're at. What's the potential. We don't really know what that potential is, but as we pursue him and his purpose and his plan for us, and uh, you know, the conversation about self-awareness and self-discovery, identifying places in us, I can be, I can be really, you know, thinking that I'm really spiritually healthy, but if I'm deficient emotionally, it's going to impact, ultimately it's going to impact my spiritual health. And so like, like as a disciple of Jesus, I'm personally thinking through in my own life right now, <clears throat> you know, not just sometimes we talk about as disciples, like what's a place in you that's not like Jesus. Well, that it, it may be that you're not managing your finance finances well, and that's hindering your ability to, to, to be effective in a certain area or it's causing or that that lack of 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 spiritual discipline and following the ways of Jesus as it pertains to our finances is causing this emotional stress, which makes us emotionally unwhole or, or unhealthy. So like all of this just flows beautifully. I think it's a it's a it's a it's a definite uh, impact on our own personal discipleship. So, Pastor Enzi, let, let me do something crazy here. I, I I normally wouldn't do this, but I know this is so. Jesus, help us! Let's go into prayer right now. <laughs> no, you, no, for real. You know, you 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 are <clears throat> you're you're a theologian. You're you're a sound thinker. Uh, you know what? Let let me ask you some questions. I'd like to just real briefly walk through these, and and maybe talk about. So, so first question would be this, what is it that is fighting against health in all of these areas? What is, what is it that's fighting against spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, and financial health? What, what, what is, what is the enemy of those, of those things? It's our flesh. It's, yeah. it's the same enemy that we've we've always fought from the very beginning it is it's our flesh and i think uh, a, a lack of discipline in each of these areas because our flesh resists that discipline and i think really discipline is the key 
which means that we have to be able to tell our flesh no. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to say yes to the spirit. And it, it, it comes down to daily decisions Mm -hmm. that conquer our flesh Mm -hmm. that, that if we're, if we're not, uh, completely sold out every day to walk in the spirit. If we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There it is. And, yeah. and I, I love what you guys have, have talked about when it comes to discipleship and exchanging that set of values, the, the values of our flesh, the values of the world system we're a part of, the spirit of this age, and you exchange that that value, set of values for kingdom values, and when you do that, and I think that comes from an understanding of purpose, that when you, when you understand purpose and you're tied into your personal purpose and a vision for growth, a personal vision for effectiveness in the kingdom, that, that when, you, when you have that mindset, understanding of purpose, you're connected to a kingdom vision and kingdom values then you will make those daily decisions that are very difficult. You'll hmm. say no to your flesh yeah. and you will discipline yourself <laughs> of these areas. And I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, it, it's a, it's a personal daily decision. It's, I mean, when, when you say no to the sugar and you say yes to the vegetables, you just yeah, right? Made right? a decision. Now, now he just gone done to meddling, right? Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> so it's our so, flesh. It fights against us every day. Absolutely. So, and, and, and I think that's so, I mean, it, it, it's clearly defined. What you're saying is so central to, you know, the carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of God. That we, we have sort of a self-interested, self preserving, uh, self-defining way of approaching life. And, and so, you know, and even in this idea of, of increasing capacity, like, you know, there's, Jesus doesn't say, you know, well done, good and servant. That's a 30 fold servants, uh, uh, weller done, better done 60 fold, really well done hundredfold. It's, he doesn't do that, does he? It's because no. <clears throat> because we're not competing against each other. We are we are competing against our own fallenness, our own limitations toward what God's intended for our lives. Would you agree with that statement? Or? Absolutely, and, and I think it it aligns with what Paul said: lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. Those are restricting factors. Those are capacity limiting factors, the weight and the sin that so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before you. Yeah. We're not running somebody else's race. Yeah. You can't compare yourself with somebody else's race. You've got to run the race that is set before you. We are only in competition with our own potential. Wow. There it is. Goodness. There it is. It's, it's a, and the it's responsibility of that. Right. That's the responsibility it, of that. That's that's the that should be the convicting part. The tension part is 
is we're we're created with that potential by God and not realizing that is a is a uh, mark against stewardship our stewardship of what God has given us hooey that's a Cain and Abel issue too by the way and and what's yep. so crazy is what's so crazy is as you're talking about this I'm thinking about like the the when the abundance the health you know, the abundant life that was the Garden of Eden, when that ended because of sin, Cain and Abel, their struggle with each other was a byproduct of a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. Like God's like, there's not like, I don't have one blessing to give out. And <laughs> one of you got the one that does better. I give you the blessing. Like he says, if you do well. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. And, but, but the scarcity mentality for some weird reason causes us to sort of have this feeling like, oh my word, my brother's getting ahead of me or, you know, whatever. So I think this is, this is really huge. And I think those things like they, it's almost like if you talk about something that is healthy, what, what produces health, those kind of things are like spiritual roundup. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That, that spray on us. So, okay. So <clears throat> spiritual, n- spiritual health or spiritual capacity, mental, just real fast. Let's just rapid fire. What does, what does spiritual, a lack of spiritual health look like? Well, it, it starts with our, our personal daily devotion. So I think it was JT Pugh who said every failure begins as a prayer failure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so spiritual health starts, starts there. And, and I think it's, it's personal devotion and, okay. and we could call that spiritual maturity. It, it's our, our spiritual growth, that spiritual maturity, prayer, fasting, the word, uh, all of our spiritual disciplines that are, that are so critical. Uh, I, I think it is manifest in our submission to spiritual authority that that's going to be a key element uh, when it comes to spiritual health. And so you've got spiritual disciplines, spiritual maturity, and those are things uh, that, that we are going to make daily decisions concerning spiritual mm-hmm. committed to our spiritual authority. And so that's connected to a body, having a pastor. Uh, th- those things are going to reveal uh, whether or not we're in alignment with spiritual authority, whether or not we are, daily committed to our spiritual disciplines. And I think carnality is probably the, the temperature gauge, the level of our carnality is going to reveal to us the level of our spirituality. Mm. Do you think that that saturates into the others? Like in other words, so, so there's some questions that are coming in and I'm trying to, man, I'm trying to wrap all of this like conceptually into like Gary Gother said, what are some things that you did to pivot from just praying about to being intentional in these areas? And is there something specific that you'd recommend as a baseline or a starting point? And that's what I'm trying to, that's kind of what I'm trying to do here with, you know, so, so, so we say, okay, we're going to increase our capacity by making sure that we're spiritually healthy, mentally healthy. How does a person get mentally healthy or emotionally? Like, I, I don't know if we have the time to walk through all of those, but <laughs> what, right. Like, what would you tell a person that says, okay, so how do I, how do I make sure that I'm being mentally healthy and emotionally and physically like, yeah, I mean, you already told us physically cut the sugar and eat the vegetables, but like, <laughs> is that, is, is that, is that beyond the scope of what we can handle today? Or is that something that you can distill? I, 
Well, I, I, I think I could hit just a couple of quick things if you want me to just make a point or two about each one and just where, where we come down. Absolutely. So I think mentally, to me, as far as actionable behavior, this has to do with the voices that are speaking into our lives. So what I'm thinking about is primarily based on the input. What am I listening to? What am I looking at? What voices are influencing my thought life? So it's it's relationships uh, that are speaking into my life and it's it's media that's speaking into my life, the things that I'm dwelling on. And uh, that's that's primarily going to determine the output then my other behaviors, my emotions and and my actions are going to flow out of that thought life. And so what am I reading? Uh, and, and when it comes to increasing capacity in this area, I, I think education is an important part. And this is where there's there's a lot of overlap in these. We, we understand yeah. a spiritual discipline is reading the word. But when it comes to my thought life, what I'm reading is going to influence that. And so reading the word, uh, making sure that the material I'm, I'm putting in, the voices I'm allowing to influence my thought life are are in alignment with my purpose. So mm -hmm. that's that's the mental. The the emotional really has a lot to do with transparency, honesty. Uh, our, our spirit, motives, attitude are all kind of wrapped up into this emotional. And, and I think two big things here are uh, having a, a mindset of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. That, that being a thankful person, it, I believe it's Andy Andrews who said, it is impossible for a grateful person to be depressed. If you are a grateful person, you you yeah. you are not gonna fall into that that trap and that pit of depression. If you're a grateful person, and then also having a heart that quickly forgives and lets go. If you're gonna yes. be healthy, there is yes. no way you can be emotionally healthy without having the ability to forgive. And so gratitude and and a forgiving spirit, forgiving heart. I think those are two huge elements because we're all gonna be hurt. We're all going to be offended. We're all mm. going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to let those things go through the power of forgiveness. So and we I, feel that, right? We feel it. Yeah. Like yeah. those are feelings. We say feelings. And what's interesting is when you're talking about spiritual and mental, those trickle down into emotion because those two things affect our passions and what we're affectionate about. So, so that's so yeah. powerful. All right, physical. So, so physical, to, I mean, you know, proper diet proper rest, proper exercise, those kind of things are, are so important, just taking care of yourself. Uh, so so that's that's a very, very important element because everything else will break down if we're not taking care of that. Relational, uh, relational health, the ability to build and maintain proper healthy relationships is one of the greatest skills that you can have in life when it comes to a marriage, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to a career, the really your leadership ability and capacity is going to be so directly affected by uh, the ability to to build, maintain healthy relationships. Uh, dealing with our own insecurities is an important element here because an insecure yes, cannot be a good spouse or a good parent, a good coworker or a good leader. So dealing with it, and we all have those insecurities. It's a matter of identifying them and dealing with them properly. And that may take some therapy and counseling. And we can go into all the sources and reasons why there may be some of those insecurities, mm. our, our home life as a child and things so that happen good. to us, trauma, yeah. 
so many different things that that create those insecurities. We've got to identify them, deal with them. Ultimately, life moves at the speed of relationships. Yeah. And so our ability to have those healthy relationships will enable our ability to move forward. And and you talk about being an effective disciple maker. I mean, this is the element, the there component, it developing those healthy relationships and having a positive impact in others' yeah. lives. So good, man. And I, you know, I kind of got, I kind of got hung up on the mental one, not because I'm mental, but because <laughs> as a man thinks in his heart, so is he right. And I, I was just kind of thinking, Ken, I was thinking about for us, you know, being raised by, by a coach, like the mental piece was so ingrained into us to have the right attitude, to have mentally tough, you know, mentally tough, overcoming obstacles and whatever. And then you kind of you kind of touched on it there, Michael, a little bit at the end about just kind of some of the relational impact that that affects it, it creates the lens through which we view our world and it affects us mentally. So just real quick, I know you kind of touched on it just yeah. a little bit, but but what are some things you found to help kind of shape that mental approach? Because we understand the spiritual piece, but how I, that mental piece to me, I think, is such a critical component of, of being effective in these other areas. Because sometimes we don't know because we have the we have the wrong lens. We we're seeing it the wrong way because of the way yeah. we think. That's Absolutely. So well, you we notice understand. we're squeezing you, by the way. <laughs> we're, we're squeezing I, you for all this work. We don't know when we could get you back on. So that's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And somebody said on here, buy the book. I need to write the book. So somebody can buy the book. But, uh, this is helping me because every time I talk about it, I feel more challenged and inspired uh, by the conversation. And uh, yeah, when it comes to that, that mental perspective perspective is such a key word because we know the same thing the same circumstances can happen to two different people and how they respond to that ultimately determines that that output and the outcome and and i think cain and abel it's been mentioned but that's a good example that they're both dealing with the same set of life circumstances mom and dad have made some bad decisions and they're dealing with the fallout of it yeah but yeah him enabled it enabled him to to become better i think at some point abel had to forgive mom and dad to offer a more excellent sacrifice mm. perspective i'm not going to let somebody else's bad decision determine wow. who i am and what i become and what i do but cain something got in him there, there was something that he didn't get over and and we see the the outcome of his life and how he responds to Abel and ultimately judgment that comes. And and so perspective is huge because yeah. trauma happens to everybody. Life deals everyone. Some of the most challenging circumstances you didn't ask for, you didn't deserve. But perspective that says, I'm not going to get angry and bitter. Uh, th th there's this reality that all of us are going to be affected by things, but we don't have to be infected by them. Mm. So mm -hmm. The emotions are going to come. All of our emotions are God given and they're natural. We can be angry and sin not, but that's only when we make a decision to have the right perspective. And I'm not going to let the emotion become part of my identity. I'm going to deal with it and I'm, I'm going to learn from it. And then I'm going to move on. And so I think that mental perspective is absolutely the key that when bad things happen to good people, how do we handle that? How do we move on from that? 
And, uh, you know, I'm not going to blame God. I'm not going to blame somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to take personal responsibility for my own emotions, my own decisions. And I'm, I'm, I may be affected by those things. And that's natural. We, if we're not affected, we're not human, but we don't have to be infected. Don't let it get into your spirit. I, I think it was Brother Barnhill said one time I, I was uh, in a meeting and a devotion that he shared literally five minutes, but he said something that stuck with me so powerfully. Uh, Paul had a thorn in his flesh and he said, we can deal with a thorn in the flesh. His grace is sufficient. His strength is perfected in our weakness. We can deal with it as long as it only stays a thorn in our flesh and it doesn't become a thorn in our spirit. Come Ooh. on, somebody. Ooh. Ooh, I can live go. with a thorn in the flesh as long as it doesn't become a thorn in my spirit. Then, then I've crossed over a line where my goodness. I have capacity limiting factor. That's so Chris, good, there, man. Chris, there's a, there's a comment. Paige Paxton, uh, who's a new disciple. She's uh, in an X group. Uh, awesome. Uh, Welcome, Paige. Page. Paige makes a great statement. She said, insecurity is pride because our identity is in God and uh, he's enough for we're enough. It does, it does take healing and healing is bringing love into the darkness. And I think the beautiful thing is, is like, you know, what you just mentioned was that Abel, I, I, I love that idea that somehow Abel got over it. Because Abel could have looked at his parents and said, I have to live this life because of what you did. Yep. Which just sounds like bitterness. That sounds like the thorn got into the into his spirit. But he's yep. but somewhere along the way he said, I get to live this life because God's given us the hope of redemption. Like like people that focus on what was lost people that focus on what was broken, people who focus on what they did to me tend to be people who over exert their themselves because like they, so it's like, <clears throat> man, we don't want to go into counseling here, but people who feel like that they're, that, that they're, that their life is the result of control that was exerted over them yeah. tend to over exert control in their own life and others to try to create their own self identity, to create their own self meaning. And so Cain says, I'll bring what I want to bring. You could see him trying to control the outcome because he has a life that's been controlled by what was brought to him. I can't, I couldn't affect that, but I will. And so, you know, that's a, that's an unhealthy dysfunction. And, uh, and so, I mean, look like, like we are already working on book two, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think, Ken, I think I said this at your church, the Wednesday night I preached there about the parable of Jotham. Yep. That, and I think this ties in, Chris, with dealing with the mental, that you don't have to believe everything that you think, and you don't yeah. have to obey every emotion that you feel. Mm. You did say that. That's so good. You don't have you to did believe say that. that. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. And just because you feel it, you don't have to obey the emotion, which goes against kind of the 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 attitude of the world right now, yeah, right? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's the 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 mindset of the world is like act on whatever feeling you have, transition if you feel it, change whatever, yep. change yep. everything about you if you feel it. That's so dangerous. Yep. If if you think it, believe it. If you feel it, act on it. That's the world's mantra right now. 
craziness. My goodness. Now, so for our audience, do you do you see why in the indu- introduction? Like, this is. I learned that from Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> in our introduction, we said. They've been youth pastors, lead pastors, district officials, national officials, and God's really used them to be a strong voice to both young people and the future of our movement. Now do you see why we <laughs> included that in the introduction? I mean, so awesome. for real. So and and I don't even remember sometimes what I preached last week, and he remembers what he preached at the church and absolutely <laughs> did mention that. So that's just, I'm envious. <clears throat> that's, so. that's phenomenal. One thing, just real quick, and I know, I know we're up against the clock real quick here, but as you were talking there, I was thinking about the, 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 the importance of the willful choice. So like what I'm hearing is, is the, the choice is really what's going to determine whether or not you reach your potential, right? Is that, is that, is that what I'm hearing? And a lot of it is based on, on your ability to willfully make the choice. Absolutely. And, and, and I think there are, things that God will allow into our lives that will stretch us. Yeah. We understand that there are circumstances that will stretch us. There are life situations that come our way. We didn't ask for, we didn't make a decision that causes things to happen, but whether or not those life circumstances crush us or stretch us is up to us. Yeah. How we respond, the decisions that we make, how we process them, how we deal with them. So uh, you know, there are things that will be chosen for us, then we have to choose our response. But what's really powerful is the the discipline that we choose for ourselves. And I think that's when we get into the super effectiveness as a disciple. Mm. We, we get into another dimension of effectiveness because the bottom line is God wants us to be saved. Yeah. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be effective. And he's going to allow a lot of things to happen in our lives for course correction and, and to try to get, get us refocused and back on track and expand and increase our capacity. God will allow those things because he loves us so much. But if we can get to the point where we start to choose some of those disciplines for ourselves, we start to choose you. It's one thing to experience a wilderness that shapes you and changes you. But when you choose a wilderness, when, when, you, when you say, I'm going to fast for seven days, and, and you choose a discipline that shapes you. When, when you say, I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to college, I'm going to get my master's degree, and you choose a discipline that increases your capacity, you start getting into that place of choosing those capacity-increasing behaviors every day, then you, you start to get into what, what I call the, the super effectiveness. You, you, you become the super disciple because you start to live every day on purpose. And you... You win those individual moments and, and, and you, you win this moment. And if you win this moment, you can win this day. And you win this day, you win the week, you win the month, you win the year, you win. Wow. But, but it comes down to those, those simple moments. Maybe it seems small and insignificant, but you win that moment and you keep doing that. And, and if you miss that moment, you win the next moment. If you yeah. fail that moment, don't let that fail. Yeah. That become a direction and because once it becomes a direction then it becomes an identity man mm, you know pattern dr. Right? pattern gets set dr murray bowen um who is he was one of the first he was a, a uh, phd psychologist from 
Georgetown University. He was one of the first. He was one of the first psychologists, psychiatrists that sort of pushed back against Freudian philosophy, and uh, and so he's got some the 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 family systems theory is a you know just a a fabulous approach that is uh, cohesive with and 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 harmonized with biblical understanding. And what's interesting is about what you're talking about, and I think this is something that's important for the church today because. I think more and more there are people that are sort of sort of abdicate, abdicating their personal responsibility to group think or uh, and and I've seen it in churches like I've seen in churches where there's sort of this mindset mentality that you know it's because of you like it's because of you that I'm not thriving it's because of you, yeah. you know what you know and and so this like and and we you could even have and I've seen this in, our, in my time of evangelizing and I know probably in your travels you've probably seen you know good and well-meaning churches but that there's a lot of people that sometimes have the mindset that says you know, I'm waiting for the church to call on a fast or I'm, I'm waiting, you know, I've had people say, you know, well, you know, well, what, how come, you know, so we're trying to maximize. So talk about capacity, right? So right now on Sunday morning, every single room of our building is being used. And so I had yeah. somebody recently say, you know, I, I, I hate that we don't, you know, have a prayer meeting. I, I hate, we don't have a prayer room. And we, you know, I remember when we used to go to prayer room and I'm like, and I said, I agree. Like I, I, I agree. I think there's something very, very important about that. Tell me about how, your personal prayer life in your personal prayer closet. How's that going for you? Because it's like exactly. what I love, what I love about what you're saying is, is ultimately you've got to run your race. Like you've said it over and over, like mm-hmm. you've got your own unique set of circumstances and challenges and we do affect each other. And we are called, you know, like Paul said, in the same verse of scripture, bear one, he says, bear your own burdens. And then he says, bear one another's burdens, do your personal responsibility and then affect each other. And I, I, I think to, to me, this is a massive takeaway that, that also has the ability to create an extremely healthy corporate culture. Absolutely. Because organizational capacity is based on the individual parts. Yeah. So what's leadership yeah. capacity, what's the capacity of the body. And so when, when you get a group of people and, and this is what Max Dupree defines as a movement, it is a collective understanding that the future can be created, not just experienced. That, mm. that is a movement. And so when you get a, a group of people believing the same thing, having the same vision with the same individual health capacity, then you start to have increased organizational capacity. And and that creates a movement that's going somewhere that we're not just going to endure whatever comes our way, but we can actually make decisions that create a preferred future that we get to experience. I love that. A movement created, not just experienced, man, how, 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 uh, paradigm shifting is that? Because most, yeah, you get most, a group of disciple makers. What happens? I mean, right? A church begins to explode. It's a, it's a movement. But most of our culture is thinking, you know, if we just keep being faithful long enough, then we're going to experience that movement. Versus what you're saying, that disciple piece. When you start, you you actually create the movement. 
I mean, obviously we understand it's God doing it, but it's his work in us that creates that. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't good, re- it doesn't remove the sovereignty. It doesn't move it doesn't right. remove the supernatural. It doesn't remove the divine influence. It doesn't remove you know special times of God's grace and open windows and you know Paul said in Ephesus, you know, there's a open door, a great and effectual open door and there are many adversaries that you know and But so, that's not realized unless Paul is boom. realizing his own potential. There it is. There it is. Yeah. He it wouldn't even, in fact, God, God might not even open the door. God yeah. might not even, you know, he might not even say, hey, here's an opportunity for you. If he knows that, I mean, God's, God's, a, he expects us to be wise stewards. He's also a wise, wise steward of, of his resources. And he's not going to say, here's an opportunity for you. And by the way, it's going to crush you. That's so, so good. That's so good. You know, you, you said, you said, Ken, that Michael Enzi's just hitting home runs or whatever. My first thought was Michael Enzi is like Big Al. Remember Big Al? Yeah. Big Al from Little League World Series. My name is Big Al and I hit dingers. Dingers. That's, that's Michael Enzi, man. He just, he's he's, he's going to say, dingers all the- yeah, I'm Big Michael and I hit dingers. <laughs> That's so awesome, bro. <laughs> well, man, so much good stuff today. I mean, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it and take some notes because because I was trying to flow with it. But so many good things, so many great comments today, Ken. Uh, appreciate everybody just just chiming in and being a part in this a part of this conversation. So, when's the book coming out? That's what we want to know, man. I I'm working on it. it. It's my next project, and uh, you know what? I I think I've got a new element that I'm gonna add that's inspired by you guys. And, and it really is this, this margin concept. And, and this is just, as we've been talking today, going back to the race analogy, uh, running that race is set before us. When somebody's running a distance race, a marathon, and, and they're a world-class runner, many times they have pacers yeah. that are running along with them. Yeah. And they're running a perfect pace. Now that pacer isn't going to run the entire race, but they're running certain segments of that race and they run a certain pace that that runner has to try to maintain. And so when it comes to this concept of margin and begin to, to think this through that, what is that relationship between margin and capacity that if that runner gets ahead of the pacer, he's going to burn out. He's going to yeah. run out of energy too soon. He, he's trying to push the pace too much. He's, he's getting ahead of yeah. that pace runner. If he he's falls too close back, to the edge of the margin. He, he, he's too close to it. If he falls back, then he's not fulfilling potential. That pacer knows this is your potential. I'm going to maintain this pace, and you've got to stay there. And if you get too far back, you won't have enough time to yeah. get back onto that pace. You're, you're going to run out of time and, and energy. And so – I think as we're, we're running this race, we each have our own pacer and it is our, our potential that we're running with that we've got to maintain that correct margin. If you get, if, if your current output is greater than your current capacity, you will burn out. You burn out. Yeah. If you get too far behind, then you may run out of time in order to get to that pace that's set before you, that race that's set before you. And so I think that's the margin and that's the balance of it all is trying to, to stay within range of where our current capacity is and the potential that we're trying to get to, that we don't get 
ahead of that pacer. We, we don't get ahead of our current capacity and, and neither do we allow too much space to, to get in between us and, and where our current capacity is, because that, that is just a, a decision we're making that we're, or, or we're not disciplined. And so we're starting to fall behind. And so I, I think, I, I think for me, one of the greatest just challenges as, as a pastor and a leader of people and, and probably one of the greatest uh, disappointments we, we carry is when we see somebody with that high potential, but low capacity and, and, and they're not, they're not keeping a healthy margin there. They're, they're falling way behind. And, and, and I think that tends to happen a little bit more than us outpacing our, our capacity. I, I think it's a lot true. of times we see that, that margin mm, becoming so true when it comes to our capacity. Now with, with certain leaders and pastors, uh, organizational leaders, we, we probably have that tendency a little bit more for our capacity or our current output to outpace the capacity. And we've mm. got to be careful. But, well, but both and, are, are a danger. And what's interesting about that is, too, is you can nuance that. You could nuance that <clears throat> against potential. Like, yeah. in other words, you, you could actually have somebody who's living, who's, who's, who's filling up the margin with things that aren't, that don't align with their divine potential. In other words, you, you could actually eliminate margin in your life with things that don't matter. And I think yeah. that's, I learned, I actually learned my lesson, mm. you know, hitting on what you were just talking about. I actually learned my lesson. This is crazy about margin. When I had a professional sound engineer come to our church and in the early days when we had built our first sanctuary, I asked him, I said, why doesn't our sound sound as good as it should. And I said, we've got these, the, 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 the speakers that we had were, uh, uh, EV professional series, blah, 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 blah. He said, let me go look at your power amps. He went in and looked at the power amps and he goes, here's your problem. And I said, what, what, what is it? I said, are those bad power amps? And he goes, no, <clears throat> he said, those are some of the best power amps on the market. He said, but look where they're set. And all of those power amps were set at like 90, 95%. Excuse me. He said, he, he said, what you're doing is he said, those speakers are being driven so hard. He said, you don't have any headroom. He said, the dynamic of the speaker is what gives you the full, beautiful dynamic sound. And he said, so what's happening is those power amps are pushing those speakers out to the edge. And so their room to bounce is only like this when it should be like that. If you could give them that much room to bounce, then they would give beautiful sound, but you're pushing it so far to the edge. And the sad thing about it is, is I'm afraid that there's a growing number of people that are filling up the margin with, yeah. so with, with, with things that are, are just fillers, are fillers, uh, uh, hours and hours on social media, hours yeah, and hours, yeah. just consuming YouTube videos, just, and what happens is, is it causes them to eat, like, even in that emotional capacity area, why can, why can't they get into the presence of the Lord and sense and feel mm. his presence and weep? And just because they're, because that, that speaker is just at the edge all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. And I think this, it also uh, affects this idea we, we talk about you know being so busy and well i need to 
you know, remove some things. I, I, I'm just, I'm so busy. And the bottom line is everybody is busy. Everybody is doing something at all times. It's not, it's not this new phenomenon. Like I'm, I'm so busy. No, every minute of every day for your entire life, you're doing something. It has to do with those choices. Are you filling it with things that are draining virtue? Are you filling it with things that add virtue? That's right. That is. That's so good. What's Filling up those margins. Margin? Goodness. Goodness. That's so awesome, man. Thank you for, for agreeing to be on today and uh, sharing this. I, this is, this is definitely going to help us. And I, I think there's a lot us, of bro. tremendous oh, man, principles privilege. and concepts. So good. So good. A lot of great comments today. So again, you mentioned where, where can people check out all the stuff you've got going on? So michaelenzi.com is a, uh, just a, a place that will be uh, resources available. My book is available, Coffee with Anthony. I'm starting yes. to put uh, sermon notes, primarily sermon series that I'm putting the notes out there, Word documents people can take and, and just use. My uh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. Just take it and use it. So uh, trying to put some resources out there and just hope to be able to add to the conversation, moving us yeah. forward as disciples and disciple makers. So good. That's so good. Beast Chris, there was, when I was in, uh, when I played baseball, there was a guy that had a, he played American Legion ball and he hit, he, he hit dingers. And so I asked him one time, can I use your bat? <laughs> so I'm going to be, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I'm going to go to michaelinsey.com <laughs> and use one of his dingers. That's right. That's awesome. Dude. That's so good. That's so good. Well, appreciate everybody being on today. Hey, do us a favor and and share this out. If you haven't already done so, share it out on social media. Uh, the The episode will drop. The podcast will drop uh, probably tomorrow. So check that out. Send it to somebody because I think this can really be a help to somebody. And we will look forward to the book that is coming soon. And uh, again, thank you for being on today, bro. We really appreciate uh, appreciate you sparing some time for us today. My privilege. Love you guys. Love what you're doing. Awesome, man. Appreciate everybody. We'll be back at you next Tuesday around 10 o'clock. Until then, go live mobilized. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you, and there are several ways that you can do that. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching The Dillingham Group. You can also go to our website, thedillinghamgroup.org, and fill out the form on the contact page to get more information about multiplication, discipleship, and all the topics discussed on this podcast. We also have individual social media accounts that you can follow. Just look for Chris Dillingham and Ken Dillingham on all the social media platforms. If you like today's episode, drop by Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Mobilized Church Podcast. We hope you can join us next week as we talk about what it means to live mobilized.